On this episode of Working for Justice, we talk with Matt Bolesky, ACJC's Data Integration, Analytics, and Optimization Program Manager. Matt will discuss with us his role at ACJC and some of the great projects he has worked on and new projects on the horizon involving data and research. Next up on the Working for Justice podcast, Matt Bolesky. recognize you have many choices when it comes to informative podcasts about the criminal justice system. Here at the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission, we recommend checking out the National Criminal Justice Association's podcast. The National Criminal Justice Association is a not-for-profit, nonpartisan member association dedicated to assisting criminal justice agencies in the development and implementation of effective criminal justice policy. The NCJA podcast explores promising practices, provides guidance on strategic planning, and discusses the fundamentals of the Burn Justice Assistance Grant Program. You can find the NCJA podcast at www.ncja.org or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the Working for Justice podcast. On this episode, we have Matt Bolesky, the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission's data manager and research manager, although it has a bigger title, Matt. Um, First of all, welcome to this episode. Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate it. So for official purposes, can you tell us what your title is here at the Criminal Justice Commission? So I'm the program manager for the Data Integration Analytics and Optimization Program. And you said that all in one breath (laughs) (laughs) without taking a breath in between. So that's impressive. I like to describe you as the data and research manager because it's just simple. But I think that title includes an important word in there, and that's the integration piece, which is really the link between data, acquiring data and putting it in a usable form, and then making it available in some way so that people that may want to use that data like policymakers can use that data in a simple way rather than uh, maybe an old the old way which was go to a di- bunch of different websites and download data from PDFs and put it into a spreadsheet and then kind of manipulate the data that way but you're kind of providing the link between getting that data and then turning it into this usable format, which is really the integration piece to me. That is correct, yes. And and that's what we've been trying to do for quite some time, uh, making this data and information available to all of our stakeholders, uh, as well as the public across the state. We struggled with lack of technology. Uh, really early stages, um, I had started here at the agency back in 2006. So naturally, a lot of that technology uh, was either just starting to make its way into uh, the private space. Uh, Public space, it was much more complicated, cost uh, prohibitive, things like that. So as we evolved, we found opportunity to leverage uh, certain offerings from the state. For instance, Tableau is a a great tool that we utilize to display that data online, and it is cost effective. So we've we've found ways to resolve 
some of those hurdles, some of those barriers that we've experienced over time, and also building the resources that we have here at the agency to get that done. So I, I find you a really fascinating guy. I've, I've, now, I've worked here for quite a while. This is how, how long have you been here? It's been over 15 years. Over 15 yeah. years. So I came a little bit before you. So I knew sort of that world, that research world, what was happening at the Criminal Justice Commission just before you came here. But I've always found you a fascinating guy because you're kind of like my version of MacGyver. Because if, if someone doesn't know how to do something, likely you do or you will find out how to do it. And so could, if we could just roll back time a little bit and go back to your, your academic background was in what? So I don't have to work with paper clips and in pieces of string. That is a nice thing. But I you could. Better reason. Yeah, but right. you could if you needed to. <laughs> believe, believe me, I, I, I know that. Absolutely. But I, I, uh, I started uh, really kind of cut my teeth at uh, University of Missouri-Columbia. I double majored there in psychology and sociology. Then I took the next step because I just wasn't finding an avenue that I was interested in with psychology. And I wasn't interested in the PhD route. I wanted to get out there, really start working with data. So I looked into criminology and criminal justice at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. And I got my master's there. And at that point, was out seeking out job opportunities. Finding this opportunity out here was extra special. This was, this was a great opportunity and an offering for a research analyst position. So had you worked year. somewhere before the Criminal Justice Commission in between when you graduated and came, came here? I did. I did. I was actually working in a warehouse uh, building Caterpillar equipment. Uh, this was all during my graduate experience. I wanted something that would afford me the opportunity to not think too complicated okay. of a task, um, although it, it ended up being pretty complicated. I, I went into their shipping and receiving department, and the moving and the operating is is very fast. I mean, time is money in that in that area. So as I was working there, that gave me the opportunity to go to night school during that period and, and get my master's within a year and a half there at University of Missouri St. Louis. So that was that was an interesting experience kind of combining those two unique environments. And I definitely brought that with me to ACJC, that knowledge of, of working in different environments and, and with different types of people. So how do you find your way from Missouri to Arizona to the Criminal Justice Commission? Good question. At that time, it, it, was, it was a little bit of a struggle to find the types of opportunities that I was looking for in Missouri. I had received some job offers. I was out there trying to seek down opportunities that interested me, and those just were not the right landing spots. And I'm, I'm happy that I went with my gut because that led me to look online and, and find this opportunity out here in Arizona for the research analyst position with our Statistical Analysis Center. That's where I started out, and so I, I threw out my application for that. Fortunately, got the interview on that, and then it's been history ever since coming out here. So you got to work for a while with Phil Stevenson, who at that time was the director. He, I'm going to assume he's the, the one that hired you. That is I think if I get my uh, chronology correct, what did you pick up or learn from, from Phil coming from a place where you're not working on research projects, right? You're working at, at Caterpillar, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you come to Arizona and then all of a sudden... It's like one day you're, you're, you leave on a Friday and you're wearing the work boots, and then on, on Monday you show up and you're wearing 
a, a suit and tie. And now you're not really working with your hands as much. You're working with your brain. That's exactly So what did you learn or pick up from Phil? He was, he was a mentor for many years for me. And what I was able to, to pick up from him is not only that level of professionalism, but how collaboration, working with your stakeholders, working with external representatives, and also building a solid foundation here within the agency is critical. So I did a lot of work with the other programs, which was unique to my position because I was afforded the opportunity to do that. I worked a lot with you, Tony, in, in your program area. That's right. Um, worked with other programs across ACJC. And so what I was able to do was really kind of spread out that knowledge across the entire criminal justice spectrum. Those stakeholders that we met out there, wherever it was that we were meeting for various purposes, even at the national level, through um, JRSA, the Justice Research and Statistics Association, I was able to build a lot of and forge a lot of those interactions, those collaborations with various SACs across the states, uh, SACs being the statistical analysis centers housed within each of the states. It was invaluable. And, and making those connections, making those understandings, it's a, the, the world gets smaller as you start to get to know yeah. Yeah. everyone involved. And um, it, it, was, it was just an incredible experience during that time while Phil was here. Yeah. What projects did you work on while you were in that research position? So primarily I worked with criminal history data. And so it, it, would, it would be items like uh, providing our NICS task force, our National Instant uh, Criminal Background Check System Task Force. I, I would provide them data and information to make appropriate decisions to make sure that the information that was getting to the FBI was the most accurate and complete information that it could be. We also did a lot of work doing some ad hoc projects, looking at how criminal history might answer questions about drug offenders and that situation of returning back to the you know, recidivism rates, things like that. We did a lot of investigation also into identity theft issues. So we mm -hmm. put out uh, some, some valuable information on identity theft for the state. Really, It really ran the spectrum of, of working both with criminal history and identifying any publicly available data that we could, we could present to not only the stakeholders but to the general public online. We had an original community data portal that yep. we put out with some primitive data that we were able to mine out there. Sure. Uh, in the criminal justice world. But I think we've evolved since, and now we have a new system that uh, is, is bearing a lot of fruit for us. You worked on some really meaningful projects for the, for the programs here at ACJC too, mine in particular. I think I benefited a lot from the work that you did. I remember you did some work for me on performance measures for our Burn Justice Assistance Grant and kind of choosing what measures made sense and I think we started out with, when I took the program over, a bunch of these performance measures, and I, I didn't know the usefulness of all of them. And you kind of helped walk us through on the program side the most meaningful measures to keep, which we still collect today. I remember you did um, some work analyzing CJF revenue, so Criminal Justice Enhancement Fund revenue, which is a fund that a number of different criminal justice agencies use ours being one of them for right. administrative expenses, but also the Drug Enforcement Fund, which is a, a driver, a fund driver for our um, drug gang and, and violent crime control grant. And you were looking at the decline in that and what possible reasons there could be for that, for that decline. Right. 
you've worked on some really, really meaningful projects, not only outside of the agency, but also inside the agency. You started to get into projects that really weren't necessarily about research, but were the beginning of this new skill set. And so the one thing that I remember is you created this database. It was a searchable database. And I forget that you'll, you'll help me out with the acronym that, was, that we came up with. It was ETAG, yes. ETAG, yes. right. And so ETAG stood for? Uh, it was the Electronic Tool of Awarded Grants. And so, so the summary of that was, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was basically a searchable database. We can, we can go to a place on our website and we could look at how much we granted out to a specific county or specific agency. And it was searchable and it, right. it was simple, but I think it was, it was really usable yeah. and probably because of its simplicity. And I don't mean technologically simple. I don't, I don't understand how to program. And so it could have been difficult to program, but I mean the use of it, like right. what it was displaying was very simple, basic information, but so very useful. And uh, it made me realize, man, th- here's a guy who you've got more talent than what your role demands of you. Yeah, and I think that um, that was a project that really got me started, getting excited about what we could do disseminating data online. We were so used to putting out PDF reports, submitting that to library and archives, and, and being done, maybe publishing that to our website. But who's going to that report Who's really reading through it and being able to decipher uh, that information that they're they're looking for out of you know hundreds of pages of information? Putting that information online, as you mentioned, in a very simple, easy, clickable format that uh, is is well informative to get to exactly what it is that you need, just changed the game for me. And it got me really excited. Uh, actually, when when Phil called me, I was in D.C. at that time, called me and said, I think we need to do an online tool. We both then were encouraged to look down that road of how can coding, how can programming, working in in a a relational database environment, help us to migrate in the, uh, you know, the the 21st century of technology that we we now are able to enjoy that luxury today at this agency. So we had that that talk probably around, I want to say, 2009, 2010, and transparency was, was always being talked about. At that moment in time, um, you know, trying to make sure government is transparent. That is why we went that ETAG route is to publish that information online, make people aware of what it is ACJC is doing and what we're funding. And I think it just it paid off that much more because yeah. now people know what we're about. People are well aware of what it is that we're doing. And we have a new version of that ETAG basically on our web- website that we're going to continue to update as we move forward. So that was, you're exactly right. That was really the start of, of, a, of a transformation in my sure. career. Right. Basically. So, so let, let's talk about that because what happens is we have some changes that happen here at the agency. We had an information technology manager. So we had a whole information technology program mm-hmm. that was structured. That manager retires. And in experiencing that event, we started to look at the information technology area and and maybe how we can transform it and make it more than what it is. And so we start looking for a data person because we wanted to first use the data that we had, all of the data, that was the vision, right, right. all of the data that we have coming through this agency that is quote unquote our data. 
make that available to people in some usable form. And we didn't really have an idea about what that was, but we had this grand plan that we right. would we would do that. And maybe it could spin off into getting other data and making that available. But we didn't really have a clear, clear vision, but we, we, we needed a data person to do that, right? right. And so we make that uh, idea available and you step up and say, I'm interested in that. I think I can do that. And I remember after you had made me aware that you were interested in that, I went into your office and you're a particular kind of guy. If you've been around you for a while, you kind of can figure you out. You are you are not a, a nonsense kind of guy. Mm. You will not make promises that you cannot deliver on. And every project that I've ever been involved in that you've worked on or any project that I'm aware you've worked on, it has always been completed mm-hmm. on time in an outstanding form. And so I remember going in your office and I'm thinking to myself, this makes no sense. How does a guy who's a researcher want to get into programming? How do you even know that? Yeah. yeah. Because I don't know that world. I know <laughs> I nothing about that world. Too, Tony. Well, well, but I asked you and it was the answer to me that was the difference maker. And when I said, Matt, can you do this? And you just looked at the way you looked at me and how fast you said, yes, I thought that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was really excited to take on that that new role, so, that new position. So what was that? So we're clear. You yeah. were then hired to do what? what? What were we calling you? So I was hired as the applications developer for the agency. It was a very, very new role here that we have not had before. Typically, anything that we would build was was custom built by vendors. We'd have to contract that out. And so there's that additional cost, there's that additional time, and you're bringing on board people that generally don't have as much understanding or knowledge about what we do here at ACJC. The exciting opportunity here is something that I'm really interested in in um, examining further and providing resources here to this agency that I am confident can be performed, but also having all of that prior knowledge about what the programs do here what it is our our mission and our our vision down the road our you know five year strategic plan what is it what is it that we want to do here having that additional internal knowledge just added that much more to the uh, the benefit i think of of keeping it in house and and migrating me over into that applications developer position and so once you became the applications developer you started working on some significant projects one in particular that I just love is the grant management system. We had a legacy system that uh, outside developers had made for us mm-hmm. that was kind of reaching its end of life. And you took over essentially reprogramming that. But I think you did more than that because I think you started to develop it in different ways mm-hmm. that met or exceeded the, the program's needs Right. Certainly as a user, we went from driving the the version of the Yugo grant management system to the very, very nice, expensive Cadillac version of, of a grant management system. And so what other projects outside of the grant management system, which is by far an amazing tool that we have, what other projects were you working on as the applications developer? Well, so one thing that we started out with uh, was specifically with your EDGE report, Tony, uh, that you have within Drug Gang and Violent Crime Control Program. 
This is an annual report that took quite a bit of time to compile a lot of quarterly performance measures that we were collecting from over 30 or, or 35 grantees. So we, we have a portal in which they submit that data, but nothing in which to draw that information out. And so we had a lot of staff internally working on that, trying to compile all that data into annual information that they would then plug in to these tables, which were, I want to say, at least 60 or 70 pages worth of tables. We were able to automate that process using SQL and, and all of our, our knowledge now of relational databases We were able to draw that into a Crystal Reports environment and then be able to publish those out within minutes rather than taking days and possibly weeks on on some of those. So that was was the first go at it. And and that really, that that was a pretty easy win. I think we took about six or seven months putting that together, building out those requirements. Building off of that, we then branched into more of the reporting tool, which is our our premier product for providing web-based form uh, submission to our agency, building some additional modules in there. And then, as you mentioned, we went into the grants portal, which I, I will give some credit to the prior heavy shoes to fill on that prior GMS that we had. But but being able to then build upon that and eliminate some of those workarounds that we would have in the prior system, just just building that out to capacity of what it is today was huge feat. I think yeah, for this agency, no providing doubt. that to our grantees. And then on top of that, we we started working with the data that we have internally, our Arizona Youth Survey data, for instance, trying to find a way to migrate that online to reduce the amount of data requests that we were receiving here at the agency. And so working with a vendor hand in hand, we, we built a lot of knowledge of Tableau, as I had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. how to work in that system. And then from there, started growing into a lot of other different dashboards. And I see that it's catching steam at the agency. Yeah. There are others that are interested in getting into Tableau. It's a great tool. They can do. Yeah, right? it's a lot of fun. Right. And and they're even internal work. If, if it's internally looking at the measures and being able to understand and analyze what's going on within uh, you know various counties or communities across the state, we're able to tap now into that data yeah. and understand real time what's going on. So we're, we're just trying to build steam off of that. And I think that's where we've evolved today, where we're looking at building a warehouse of criminal justice data across the state. Yeah. It's just amazing work. How does a guy who is a double major in <laughs> sociology and psychology right. with a master's in criminal justice, how does, how does he get to the world of programming? Like, was that a hobby of yours or... I mean, you don't have a degree in it. It wasn't a job of yours. You had to have learned this outside the walls of this agency when when you weren't working. And so is that, is that, is that how it happened? I think it's a combination, right? I, there was some uh, some luxury here at the agency was I, where I was afforded uh, the ability to go challenge myself in that area. And I remember speaking to our, our uh deputy director here at the time, along with uh, my, my director, Phil Stevenson, about what do we do with trying to promote this data and information online? Where are we going with this? Can we do it? And at that moment, I had told them, yeah, we, we need to do this. We need to move in that area. And uh, there was some support for uh, going out and finding um, you know, uh, community college training and, and things like that. So I dipped my toe in, in – uh, HTML, just an HTML class, mm. all branched out from there. I got really excited about all the possibilities after taking a course like that. 
And it, it really grew from there. It was, it was building out to certain capacities, ways to improve efficiencies around here. So it was a lot of internal mm-hmm. work uh, that, that may have paid off for programs. We just didn't necessarily see that in the public-facing realm or, or other programs may not have right. seen the benefit of that. So it was, it was little tiny wins here and there that built that knowledge into where it is today. And there's so much more to learn, though, too, as any programmers out there would acknowledge right away. Typically, you only know some of the iceberg, rarely the vast amount of iceberg that you can scratch off. But being a one-shop applications developer, you really have to learn it all very fast. Yeah. And and that's what I've always enjoyed is is learning, uh, going out there and challenging myself to learn more. And do things that I've never done in the past. And so I've really enjoyed that yeah. over that time. It's a great lesson for an agency to invest in someone and take some risks. Absolutely. You, know, you want to take certainly calculated risks, but really listening to what interests people and then letting them try and see, see, what, can, see what can happen. And Absolutely. You, you never know. You come up with a, a, a researcher that ends up tapping a keyboard and being a programmer, <laughs> an amazing programmer too. You never cease to amaze me because I, I can tell you, you know, in your role, Matt, I have this problem in, the pro- in a process, you know, in a grant process, here's my problem. And you will think about it and you will go to your whiteboard and you will sit down and talk with me and you will diagram stuff out. And then we arrive at what the possibilities are of a solution. And then you program it and it's like, yeah, this does exactly what I needed it to do. So I just appreciate your skills and your talents so much. When you talk about data, now that you're, I'm going to use the short title, if you don't mind, the the data and research manager, what's the direction that we're going to go in here with data and making data available for informed policy decisions? It's a really good question. I think it's it's one that we've uh, I've always struggled with in my career is trying to figure out how to accomplish that goal. But I think now we're realizing the opportunity that exists in front of us and and we can we can make this happen now with the the types of tools that we have in our arsenal. What I am envisioning within our program here, is that we're gonna we're gonna walk down that road, uh, build that rapport with those those agencies, those entities out there. We've already done the work with House Bill twenty one sixty six that's well underway, trying to understand a, a full survey, I guess uh, you could call it, of criminal justice agency data and information that they're already capturing in a lot of their custodial you know management systems. We're investigating that to understand the lay of the land of what's out there. And then from there, we're moving forward. We're hoping to move forward to pull that data into a warehouse environment and then being able to be that centralized location that we have not been able to to accomplish over the years that I've been here. But now is the time. Now is the time to get that done. And then we would be able to take any of those pertinent data elements using research, understanding what research has to tell us about what those key indicators are. We'd be able to provide those key indicators so that we can we can monitor program performance. We can identify more quickly what the issues are in the criminal justice system in general. And then, and then we identify what those causes might be of those uh, issues. And hopefully be able to address those by programs in, you know, that might be promising or could be fully evaluated as, as being effective in that realm and, and implement those 
programs in those ways that would be most efficient using dollars, limited dollars that we have available. Hmm. So I think that's what we want to accomplish with this data and information, not even just within the criminal justice system, but because it's not in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, criminal justice issues don't exist just in, in the criminal right. justice space. But how we can work with other parts of the state system to identify those key indicators across that entire spectrum and be able to answer those questions and be able to mitigate the problems that we're seeing. So considering your experience on the research side of the equation, being what I would call a data consumer and having access to data and using it to analyze a problem and offer recommendations or offer findings and working with a number of agencies like Arizona State University, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what's your assessment of what we do well with data in the criminal justice world here in Arizona? So I think we, we you had already mentioned our work with ASU, and, and we're working with them to get the Arizona Youth Survey data, our flagship project within the Statistical Analysis Center. Every two years, we're, we're surveying 8th, 10th, and 12th grade students across the state, looking at nearly forty to 50,000 valid responses to that survey, possibly more this year as, as we're going through this year's round. That is a huge feat. That's a huge accomplishment that's carried out every two years. That is incredibly valuable to uh, local coalitions, to our community coalitions, to the schools and the districts as well. Anyone in the community that might be interested in what those issues are. I I recall uh, one of our prior SAC directors, she and I had a discussion a while back, Shana Malone, about the importance of sitting down and just having dinner with your family. And what that might do to mitigate some of those, yeah. um, you know, risks that might, risky behaviors sure. and things like that. You never know where it might come from until you have that data available to you in front of you. Right. And it's it's those those pieces of, of data and information that I think are so valuable to to present that to the community. And and we don't we don't know what we what we don't know until it's there in front of us. And so I think that's something that we've done particularly well here at ACJC with the AYS. I've also seen a lot of really great work with, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the NICS task force, the work that they're doing in, in trying to get the proper information to the FBI. So when those background checks for firearms are carried out, we're making sure that we're keeping firearms out of the hands of individuals that should not be, be carrying those. That a lot of the information, the data that they're capturing is impacting those decisions that they're making to improve that information being passed on. What are your thoughts on accessing data kind of outside our criminal justice world and the usefulness of that? For example, like public health data or Department of Education data, the type of data that would relate to things that we typically would know or assume are criminogenic factors like truancy or drug addiction. What are your thoughts on accessing that data and some of the challenges of, of doing that? to better understand crime in, in Arizona or criminal behavior or criminal patterns in, in Arizona? So I think that um, with regard to data and information available outside of the criminal justice space, it can be complicated. As a steward myself of data here at, at ACJC, I understand the complications with that. You want to make sure that that data is being used appropriately, that it is it is not being misconstrued in any way. What what we are defining as X or Y at our agency, you will also define as X or Y at your agency as we share data and information. So there are some complications with that. I think working with agencies, we recognize that. And, and we're, we're very careful 
with the type of data information that we house here at ACJC. And we would expect the same of any other agency that would, would share with us and, and, you know, vice versa. We would do the same with their data. So I think it's it's building that collaboration, that rapport and that understanding that we will equally benefit with that data sharing. And, and we try to proceed forward also with the right resources at our disposal. As I mentioned earlier, the resources just weren't there, you know, five, 10 years ago to support some of these efforts. But we found that IT more and more is becoming a, a critical component in the data sharing and big data analysis type world. So I think that we we continue to work with IT, continue to assure uh, strong security measures. We only work with that data as as intended based on the you know the, the definitions, the data integrity right. uh, discussion, I guess that we would have with those agencies. I, I think that's critical importance as we move forward. And, and we hope that as we do that, other agencies will follow suit and, and we'll all come together and understand data sharing is, is really the right direction to go. Yeah. So if you, if you looked into your crystal ball and I said, 10 years from now, where are we at? What's the world look like with criminal justice data 10 years from now? What would you say to that? Well, I, I hope it's everything I was trying to envision, you know, years ago when we would be working in this warehouse uh, direction where we would be sharing information easily, regularly across, uh, you know, the agencies and all of the vendors, anyone that's involved in, in data collection. Also keeping data integrity in mind, that this data is accurate, complete. Yeah. Uh, that's always important to make sure that what we're working with is is solid data. It's not just garbage in, garbage out, which we hear every once in a while with the discussion of big data. So I, I, I would envision we are, we are collecting the, the right pertinent criminal justice information. We have a centralized uh, location in which to tap into that. And we're seeing stakeholders and the general public gaining easy access to that information for their consumption purposes. I also hope that a lot of programs will see benefit of that so that there's more evaluation of programs. There's more understanding about, you know, is, is this program really doing everything that we set out for it to do and accomplish? Or do we need to implement this program to a greater capacity or greater degree? Whatever the case might be, or maybe we need to scrap that and go to another idea. Hopefully data can answer those questions because data really is, a research in general, is seeking out truth. Yeah. Right. Truth in, in what it is that we would expect to occur as a result of applying these different impacts or, or programs or anything to that degree. Yeah. Well, Matt, my friend, great leaders have great vision. And I would say you have a great vision. Therefore, you are a, you're a great you, leader here at the Criminal Justice Commission. Certainly you, appreciate your work. Last couple of questions I had for you. One was, what do you like best about working here at the Criminal Justice Commission? I think it's working with my colleagues, working with management here. It's been, over the years, an incredible experience just working with the people that I'm working with here. And that's what makes the team so special. I, you know, Going back to my psychology understanding, I'm, I'm a, a firm believer in, in Gestalt psychology where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I knew you were going to pull out that psychology <laughs> degree at some point. At some point. There we go. Knew it. Fit it in somehow. But yeah, I, I believe that in working together as a team, you are much greater than you ever will ever be working in separate in separate parts and not collaborating and not trying to find that that whole that we could become. And again, it just speaks to that, that idea of um, disparate data. 
we need to find a way to, to link that data together, bring it together into one centralized location. So very similar in theory that if we can bring all of this information, this disparate information together, we could do incredible things. Yeah. And that's what I loved about ACJC is, is we, I've been afforded that opportunity to seek that road wherever possible. And we're going to try to make that a reality moving forward. Yeah, and that's been offered by some great leadership here we've had at the Criminal Justice Commission over my 17 years and your 15 years with our executive director, J.R. Blackburn, when I when I came here and, and you first came here, and then now executive director, Andy Lefevre, two tremendous individuals to work for that really let us do a lot of things absolutely that take advantage of our our knowledge and our skill set and our creativity and certainly is is one thing that I appreciate and one thing I see in in you that opportunity that you afford someone when they have a high level of intellect and skill set mm-hmm. they can do amazing things far beyond what you ever thought of or expected of them so certainly this agency has benefited from your work Last question that I like to ask people is, what advice would you give someone who hears this podcast and mm-hmm. says, boy, I'd like to do the things that that guy does? What advice would you give someone? Boy, I think uh, first I'll, I'll open up a little bit of what I think of every time I think of data, every time I think of working in research or, or even just what I do with programming as well. You know, the thinker, uh, Rodin, and yeah. and that that statue sitting there thinking and, and contemplating and trying in the curiosity level, the wondering, you know, what what is possible? And I always think that in my mind of just going back to that idea of data being a search for truth. That is so important to have that curiosity factor, that desire to answer questions, to want to research various areas and, and definitely be flexible. Yeah. is another recommendation I would have. Be flexible with projects. Don't just, you know, work in one lane and, and think that you can't contribute elsewhere because that's where you, you can you can easily find yourself boxed in. Be open to other possibilities. And I remember when I did that myself and I took on criminal history record data, I, I didn't know what to make of it at first. Right. It is yeah. quite a large yeah. Uh, yeah. data set and a lot to work yeah. with there. But just being able to take that criminal history record data and identify some really critical data points. And, and so I think that, it, again, it's the curiosity factor. It's, it's being flexible to a variety of possibilities. You really don't know what it is that you can find out until you go down that road and explore it further. And then finally, for researchers, I would recommend always trusting your work and making sure mm-hmm. that you're, you're focused yeah. Uh, you're doing the quality work that you've been trained to do, but just be sure to always trust that. Well, this has been a pleasure talking with you and getting to know more about you from a professional sense and better understanding your role here at the Criminal Justice Commission. You know, as I said, I, I think you're a unique kind of guy and the advice you give, people should listen to that advice, heed that advice. And I will tell you, if there's that next Matt Bolesky out there, boy, I want to know where he's at because I want to get him in here because we have benefited greatly from your work. So I appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down with us and and talk with us. And I look forward to some great work in the future. Thank you very much, Tony. You will definitely see some good work here moving forward. Appreciate it. Good deal. Thank you for listening to the Working for Justice podcast. 
This has been an Arizona Criminal Justice Commission production. For more information about the Arizona Criminal Justice Commission, visit www.azcjc.gov and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like this episode and are interested in hearing more, subscribe to Working for Justice on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.